When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Tuesday show the Game Plan Live. He's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank, and instant reaction throughout the show. You got questions, comments, thoughts. Hit us up on Facebook, or I don't know if there's really a way you can this up on Sooner Sports TV, but Twitter. My, MySpace? Are we on my, MySpace? We don't, we're not on MySpace, so we don't have our song hmm. that can intro us. I give you my phone number. You could text me probably. That, that might be an easy way. No? Huh? Mm. Think it's a bad call? Yeah, I don't like that idea for you. <sighs> Lincoln Rally Press Conference just wrapped you, you up. May, middle of softball games, you may get a whole bunch of texts. All of a sudden, it just starts blowing up. What's, yeah. that? What's going on? By the way, speaking of softball, uh, happy birthday, Jada Coleman. Yeah, happy birthday, Jada. And, and, and happy belated birthday, Toby Rowland. Ah, thank you very much. I and, appreciate that. And, and happy belated birthday, our producer, Craig Moran. Yeah, that's Sunday. right. Gabe Eichard? Sunday's birthday list included Toby Rowland, Gabe Eichard, and Craig Moran. And the Sooner Schooner. The Sooner? What? At, at 57th birthday on uh, Sunday. And the, my sister's birthday was Sunday. The things that you learn yeah. listening to this podcast. Happy birthday, Penny. Happy birthday, Penny. Um, takeaways from Lincoln's Presser today. What caught your ear, eye, caught your mind? Well, um, I think that he continues to feel, and I believe him, that they are closer than people think offensively. I thought it was interesting what he said about after four games, I've never felt good or comfortable with where we are. So this is no different. (laughs) Um, You know, first, I hadn't thought about this, but this will be the first road game with a true road environment that these guys have played in two years. So there are... He said half the team that has never actually played a true road game before. Injuries, obviously. The big news, I think, came out of Manhattan today where Chris Kleiman, Kansas State's head coach, said that Skylar Thompson is not likely to play against Oklahoma. I don't know what his track record is of being (laughs) forthcoming on Tuesday press conferences, but that's what he said. Lincoln Riley says uh, Delarian Turner-Yell's injury, not serious. Sounds like he will play, probably. Uh, against K-State. Danny Stutzman is close and will be a game-time decision. I think that could be big. I, I think, do, too. I think the energy he brings to the field is good. Cody Jackson out for a medical issue for uh, at least for this week. So those are a few of the things. What about you? Um, my big takeaway was this. I, I don't want to say, whenever I say rant, everything in my mind is rant. But when he went <laughs> on a, a, a very solid breakdown of where this offense is. Uh-huh. Passionate. Passionate. Mm-hmm. That's why he's the voice. A passionate kind of laying out of where this offense is. 
And then he took us back to 15 mm -hmm. and took us back to 18. And it, yeah. it, it gave you a pause, a cause for pause a little bit for some of us who are losing our minds, right? And, you know, he brought up, what, 11 straight possessions with a punt or a turnover during the 15 season against Tennessee. Brought up the limited possessions in the Army game and some of the things they didn't do right. And brought up how tight, how close they are. And so, you know, I, I understand how people feel about it, but I'm telling you right now, we're close. And I got to be honest, that fired me up, Toby, because, you know, Lincoln Riley, if it wasn't going well, I don't think he's a guy that's going to blow smoke and just tell you things are great. Whenever he says, hey, we're close, I, I get the feeling that they are. And, boy, what a job this defense is doing to help, yeah. you know, kind of make sure things stay solid in the meantime, if you will. Continue to be able to win games because the defense is playing great and they got a really good kicker. And, uh, and they came up with a clutch drive when they had to have it on Saturday night to win the game. And I hope that serves as a springboard for this offense to give them some positive mojo in the week, preparation for K-State, and then when they arrive in Manhattan as well. You feel like they need that breakout moment where everybody starts to believe we're confident in what we're doing here. He's right. When you're in the middle of a season, any sport, when you're in the middle of the season, everything seems bigger and the most and the best or the worst. I had a guy call my radio show this morning and said, I don't know why they're getting all over the offense. Nobody got all over the defense like this. When they weren't playing well. Oh, my God. And I said, are you, have you, did you, were you frozen in ice for the last decade? I mean, that's all we've heard is people getting. So sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you forget. It was a good reminder from Lincoln today that we've had some early season offensive struggles in recent years, and they have come out of it not just to be pretty good, but to be great in some of those offenses. So I don't know if that will happen this season. I think there are some areas that are concerning. The offensive line play so far has been concerning. The lack of a run game so far has been concerning. Uh, Spencer has, has made some poor decisions at times. But, you know, like you said, he knows what he's talking about. And if he sees that they're close, then, I mean, I'm just waiting like everybody is for that breakout game. And you go, ah, okay. There we go. That's the Oklahoma I recognize on offense. Hopefully it'll be this Saturday. Final numbers of 300 yards, total yards, 256 of those to the year. But the rushing yards are where, where the problem is, is coming from, right? They're, they're getting out to the quarterback, even though, give West Virginia credit, they got rid of the football fast. You know, whenever I saw that number of sacks, I was like, whoa, okay. That kind of surprised me a little bit. But, I mean, Again, you can't go too up-tempo. I know people, oh, go fast. But when you're getting such limited possessions, that can be problematic. If you have a quick three and out, then your defense is right back out there. Yeah. But the running yards are, are concerning. I agree. I do think the defense has played great. However, it would help the offense if they could get some more three and outs. Right. Because, Lincoln referred to that today. Because they could go up-tempo a little bit more. I think you could hit the gas, maybe loosen things up a little bit for the running game, get some tempo going, some, some uh, fluidity going in your offense. If you could do kind of what they did at the end of the game, which they had to march the field, they had to work with some expediency. And I think that would help this offense a little bit. There have been long, time-consuming drives by the opponents. Now, they haven't put up a lot of points. Nebraska only put up 16 points. Right. West Virginia only put up 13 points. But because they have been able to go on these long, time-consuming drives, it has shortened the game. It hasn't allowed the offense to be on the field as much. It hasn't allowed them to go up-tempo as much as they'd like because you don't want to put the defense right back out there. So the defense has played great. But it w one thing they could do better is to get the ball back a little more quickly so the offense could find a little bit more speed, I think. A lot of really good comments coming in. We'll answer your questions in just a bit. I saw this note that I wanted to share. Speaking of the running game from Caden McFarland, Caden, uh, news guy, sports guy, Channel 2 up in Tulsa, said in the first 40 games, obviously he did a lot of stat work. So this was impressive. All right. Be very careful stats, Kelly. Caden McFarland might be coming for you. In the first 40 games, the Lincoln-Riley era, OU averaged four or more yards per carry 37 times. Okay. Not a bad number, 37 right? 37 out of 40. Not bad. In the last 17 games... They've averaged four or more yards per carry only five times. Yeah. So that, that's a people say air raid. This isn't a true. This is an air raid, but it's based in the run. 
Right. And when you can't get that running game going, it, it causes problems. They haven't run the ball as well because the offensive line play has been a little bit shaky and they don't have as mobile of a quarterback. You know, in those run statistics are Jalen Hurts carries, are Kyler Murray carries, even back to, to Baker Mayfield carries. The quarterback run game was a significant part of what Oklahoma did. Not as much so, so far anyway with Spencer Rattler, and I think that's also a part of it. All right, a um, couple of quick uh, questions from you guys. Charles K. writes, were you surprised there weren't many questions about the offensive line in Lincoln's presser? I, I think it was the first question that he was asked about the offensive line, and then someone circled back to it later. But you, you could you could tell, I think, in his answer, T. Row, you know, that's, a, that's an area. I don't want to say position because it's five guys. That's an area that they definitely want to see improvement. And yeah. I'll tell you what. When Wanya Morris came in at left tackle in those final two drives, I thought he looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's our that's our buddy Gabe's area of expertise, and I lean on him in that category. Obviously, it's not what they want so far. Uh, they, they made a change mid-game last week. Hopefully, they can get settled there. And that's another area, though, that I think would be helped by some reps and some fluidity and some up-tempo and, you know, when they don't play as many snaps, the defense is always fresh against them. So it all works hand in hand. We yeah. we learned this when the defense was struggling. And sometimes it, the offense has to slow down a little bit so the defense, defense can catch their breath. <laughs> so the offensive line, I think, is the biggest concern on this football team right now. They've got to start playing like, uh, like we're used to seeing around here so they can run the ball, so they can give Spencer more time in the pass game. Kind of in line with what uh, Kevin Daniel writes. I love how the defense is playing. Hope the offensive line can get better to help the offensive woes. Well, yeah. again, that's, that's what we all hope. And who knows, maybe a step in that right direction is Wanya Morris gaining the trust with the number of snaps he had on Saturday to say, okay, this can be a guy. You know, maybe it's – maybe Andrew Rame is a guy that just needs more snaps, right, to right. learn to identify. And then when that game is over, he's able to go into film debrief with – Bill Beanbow, and they can go through things, and he's like, oh, okay, when I see that, we need to do this. It's a, you've got a, an essential first-year player at center, and that is a position that's relied upon quite a bit. Yeah. So, I, again, I know everyone gets mad because, oh, well, you're making excuses. No, that's a fact, and it has to get better if this team gets, wants to reach its ultimate goals. No, it's, I mean, it is a fact, but it has to get better. Right. I mean, it, it's, it, they're not going to run the table unless they can run the football. And to be able to run the football, they did better against Nebraska. 194 <laughs> right. yards rushing. Last week was a step back. So um, Kansas State's got a good defensive front. They're tough. It's going to be on the road. That offensive line's going to have its hands full on Saturday. They're going to have to play well. Chris Young writes, I agree with you, Toby. 1,000% on the up-tempo. Get the razzle-dazzle back. Um, <laughs> maybe so. Well, I didn't say anything about razzle-dazzle. <laughs> But I mean, Lincoln, Your words, Chris. Lincoln usually has a trick play up his sleeve here or there. I just think when you've got an offense that's struggling, um, and this isn't a criticism because I think their hands have been tied on how much they can go up-tempo because the defense has had these long, time-consuming drives on the field and there are only eight possessions in a game or whatever. If they could get some more three-and-outs on defense, get the ball, you know, higher possession game, that allows you to go more up-tempo then maybe that would help everything, including the run game, including the offensive line, including Spencer. Someone asked if we could clone Creed Humphreys. Who, who says we haven't? No, who knows? Yeah. If you go back in some of those early days, you remember Creed and Jonathan Alvarez were going back and forth with that starting center job. I want to say 17. Is that yeah. right? I, guess Listen, I, think, I think Andrew Ramsey is going to be a very good center. He's young. He's made, he's made some mistakes. But he's also had some plays where – He's driven a nose guard back into the secondary. <laughs> so he's going to be really good. Don't give up on, on Andrew Rame or this offensive line yet. I think they're, they're going get to get it together. John Kennedy writes, Alex Grinch seems to have, to have figured out everyone except Kansas State's offense. Why is that? I don't think any coach wants you to believe that they've figured out anything. They have probably a pretty good feel and we got good players, but I don't think anyone would say, we figured it out, we've got the key to it. Kansas State's just done a lot of really unique things whenever well, we play them. It is a great question, uh, John asks. It is a little puzzling as to why K-State's offense, not their defense, their defense has always been good, right. why their offense has played so well against Oklahoma the last couple of years. 
I think Skylar Thompson has had his best two games <laughs> in a Kansas State. I mean, some of the passes he's thrown against Oklahoma. He's fitting it in Unreal. windows between three defenders. He's been otherworldly. They, they have a confidence against OU. Kansas State, I don't know if it goes back to Bob Stoops' era when he was there, Mike Stoops' era, I don't know. Kansas State is not scared of Oklahoma. And it doesn't matter if it's here or there. Now, we've played them better in Manhattan, honestly, than we've played them in Norman. But I don't. both sides of the ball, they just they have been a tough riddle for Oklahoma to figure out. And um, I'm very, very interested to see how Saturday goes because Oklahoma's got the more talent. They've got the better talent in this game. There's nobody, including Chris Kleiman, would tell you otherwise. But the style that Kansas State plays has given Oklahoma fits for years now. And uh, there's been some blowouts sprinkled in there. Sure. But for the most part, they have been hotly contested game. What if the road team has won seven of the last ten in this series? So this will be interesting. I always feel like the overall series has been you know, dominated by Oklahoma because Kansas State for the longest time was just not up to par. And then Bill Snyder came in and came in and changed the whole narrative of the program. But, I mean, I just feel like there's been a handful of seasons early on, Toby. We started working together, calling games in 11. And I just feel like that trip to Manhattan, and I'm not even, not, but as you know, the road team has been really good in this series. That trip to Manhattan always seemed to have a moment where something clicked. Right? Agree. It's all the sudden. They sat in the airport for nine hours that one year. Right. And then all of a sudden they went and knocked the snot out of them. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, It's it's never, you know, it's it's always at a point in the season where it seems like that we're struggling a little bit and you go to Manhattan and things click into place for you. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be the case. So there's a part. I guess other than 2019. Other than 2019, right? But, I mean, these are, these are. Kansas State, you might argue, Toby, has one of the best wins of the early season for the Big 12 when they beat Stanford. But that, of course, was with a healthy healthy Skylar Thompson. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Um, His coach, his coach said it today, as you brought up, not likely, but we don't know Chris Kleiman's track record with being overly honest about player injury availability. I don't know know whether to believe him or not. Uh, They're kind of like the San Antonio Spurs of college football. Right. They're not super exciting, but they are fundamentally sound. They're going to play great defense, and you're going to have to go out and beat them because they're not usually not going to beat themselves. Like I mean, that being said, well, they had a fumble mm-hmm. that Oklahoma State returned for a touchdown last week against them early in the game, put them way behind the eight ball. So I don't know. I just think for where this Oklahoma team is, where they are offensively right now, and now you're going to face an opponent that's beaten you the last couple of years and the first true road game in two seasons – First ever for a lot of these guys. So many fascinating elements going into this game. Uh, you know, Angel brings up a good point because you talked about it. It just doesn't seem like anybody is scared of Oklahoma this season, unfortunately. I mean, that, that's going to be – we're going into a conference in the, in the future where that's going to be every single week. And in the Big 12, you've got in Matt Campbell and in Dave Aranda and in, you know, these uh, – Chris Kleiman. This is a whole new wave of coaches. Matt Wells down in Texas Tech and – they believe that they can be the big dogs. And I'm telling you, I don't, I don't look at that and think that's a bad thing. But Oklahoma still won the conference six straight years right. and has started 1-0. So maybe you don't win games by just throwing your jersey out. But, I mean, they're still the six-time defending champs in the Big 12. I would argue that there is still an intimidation factor when Oklahoma walks into your stadium for certainly everybody in this league. But it is less so with Kansas State than others in my opinion. So, uh, are they scared? I don't know scared is a funny word. Yeah. These are college football players. They're probably Intimidated, not maybe? much at all. But there, there, is, there are certain programs in this country, and Oklahoma's one of them, that when they walk into your stadium, there is an intimidation factor when they walk onto the field. And so, yeah, I think that's still the, very much the case. Lincoln Riley, more Big 12 titles than any active coach in the Big 12 currently, and Gary Patterson and Mike Gundy have been active a whole heck of a lot longer than Lincoln Riley has been as a head coach. One more, one more quick question, and we'll get out of here. Sean Tompkins, right? The blessing is these problems are something we can fix pretty quick. O-line, just line up and beat the man in front of you. Mm. Of course, wish it was that easy. There's obviously yeah. schemes in front of it. I think that's the most reassuring thing. And Lincoln addressed that today in his presser. 
there's not anything that they look at and it's like, there's a fatal flaw. There's that little thing on the Death Star that can blow it all up, right? So, right. Is that a good Star Wars reference? Now it's that a good Star, Star Wars, Wars reference, right. yeah. There's not that fatal flaw, but they feel like it's, everything is fixable right now. Well, uh, I think that's the way you got to feel, and I, I believe them, and I think they will. It's an odd feeling for Sooner fans, for us, for the media, everybody covering, for it to be the offense that we're talking, <laughs> right? Right, it's such right. an odd feeling. You know, two out of three sides of the ball playing really good, really solid. Defense, special teams, but really good, really solid. For it to be the offense that is giving everybody indigestion is so weird that we really don't know how to deal with it. And I think you've just got to have faith that Lincoln Riley and Bill Biedenboe and these guys are going to get it where you want because they've got a resume that proves. Absolutely. And it's going to be fun this weekend. Two weeks on the road, of course, the neutral site game in Dallas against Texas. 11 a.m. kick on ABC. Hearing rumors, rumbling of game day, sniffing around, maybe, possibly in a couple weeks. But this Saturday, it focuses on Kansas State. Toby, Teddy, Gabe, and I will be on the air with the 1230 pregame show to get you ready for the 230 kick against the Kansas State Wildcats. And then, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see what this conversation is like next Tuesday. The hope is that you come in 5-0 and and things get clicking. And you know, How's the sidelines in Manhattan? I can't remember. Is there a lot of space down there for there you? A lot of, their, their fans are right on top of you. Okay. So, Wabash, but, but, they're the, singing the Wabash Cannonball let, the whole time. Let me rephrase that. They've got a track around it. Uh-huh. So you've got some room. Right, which is nice, but oh, are their fans loud? And yeah, when they, they get that, that Wabash right Cannonball yeah. going, it's it, it's, it's a fun atmosphere up there. For fans that haven't been, I don't know what the stadium seats fifty thousand or yeah, something it's, like it's that. Just, I think it's the smallest in the Big Twelve. They've renovated it recently. It's very nice, and they're passionate. I mean, they packed that place out. They're Absolutely. singing for an hour before the game. It's a lot of fun. Right, good stuff, T. Row. Have you a buddy. good week. Don't forget, Toby will be coming up tonight live from Rudy's. With the huddle and Sooner Sports Talk with Lincoln Riley. And we'll be back with you on Thursday with Coach's Corner. For those of you on the podcast side, stick around. The Lincoln Riley Press Conference is right now. All right, thanks, Chris. Good to see everybody. Uh, exciting week for us. Um, always been a team that's embraced getting a chance to go on the road. Uh, this is the longest it's ever taken uh, for us to get a chance to do that. But uh, we're excited to, to go play. This is a, a very good Kansas State football team. Uh, we know their, their history as a program. Uh, certainly their history as of late, how well they've traditionally played at home. Always tough to, to go up to Manhattan and come out of there with a, a victory. There's been many hard-fought battles up there over the years in my career, and, and sure this one will be uh, a hard-fought battle as well. So um, excited about how our team's progressing. Uh, you know, we're now kind of getting into that middle stretch of the season, and uh, you know, we think we've got a lot of improvements that we've really attacked throughout the week. Um, and excited to see our guys go put that on display this Saturday. So, obviously, a terrific football team in Kansas State. Coach Kleiman's done an outstanding job uh, taking over, uh, obviously, for, for the legend Coach Snyder and, and just continue to do a fantastic job with that football team. So, a, a great challenge as always, and uh, we'll have to go up there and be at our very best. Yeah, we'll start on this side with Ryan Abram. Yeah, Lincoln, when you go back and look at the Saturday's game, what was your evaluation of the offensive line? play, especially in the second half when Wanye uh, came in there and tackle and, and how the, the line looked then? You know, other than uh, two penalties uh, down in the red zone, other than that, we played a lot better uh, on the offensive line in the second half. They gave us some opportunities in the run game, did a better job protecting Spencer. Um, so I, I think kind of like the whole offense, they were much better in the second half. We got to play a little bit cleaner, especially when we get down in the red zone because you know, you only have four drives, and, uh, and so you've got to take advantage of those opportunities and not being able to get touchdowns on the, the first two field goals that we kicked. Obviously, we really didn't try to get one on the last drive, but, um, you know, that was, if there was any negative in the second half, that was it, because really we played, we played pretty decent football in the second half. We've just got to finish um, and make the most of every opportunity. So, um, you know, again, kind of like the whole offense. I mean, you've been asked a bunch, and I get it. Um, it's 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 not one group, you know. It's not one thing. It's we need to coach better. Every position group needs to be a little bit better. There's not one group again that I can point at when we're not doing well and say, man, they have just been dog awful and everybody else has been fantastic and that group's holding us back. It's just it's not the case. It's little things. Uh, we've kind of taken our turn. I thought we played very well up front against Nebraska. We weren't quite as clean the other night. 
Uh, some of it's things schematically we can do better. Some of it's we're playing against the number four defense in the country that's pretty damn good on the front. Um, so we were just slightly off there in the first half, but much improved in the second half. And, and I, I feel very confident that we'll build on that. Both, you know, both. I mean, there are things that we expect to do well. Again, whether it's, you know, myself, a coach, a scheme, a player in a game, whatever it is, I mean, we have high expectations. So it is, it's frustrating on one hand, but it's, it's also, it's also when you come back and watch the tape, it's also exciting because of what we can be, and we feel like it's controllable. I mean, we feel like these are things that we absolutely can and will do better, and we're all pushing like crazy to get there. Hmm? Eric Bailey. Lincoln, um, just wanted to ask you about first down production. What are your thoughts on how the offense is doing, and are there times you're behind the change when it kind of limits what you can do second down, third down? Are you seeing any of that? Yeah, I mean, the last two games, honestly, have been very similar. Uh, Several third and longs uh, in the first half, uh, several, you know, second and shorts, third and shorts in the second half. And, and it's not a, I don't think it's a coincidence that we've certainly played better uh, when that's happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it all goes back to, to consistency and kind of to the previous question. The more consistent you are, the more, and we're not talking about the spectacular, those will come. You know, we've been agonizingly close to several big, big, big plays. Those will come the more that you make routine plays and just do these simple things well. That's where the big ones come. And if it's not a big one, like to your point, it puts you in position where you have the advantage on the next downs and certainly does open up what you can call. So, um, um, it, yeah, it's definitely a point of emphasis, but I think the overall consistency will address that. His touches haven't maybe been as much as people would have expected. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's played well. Um, you know, he's a guy that we certainly want to continue to find ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, and a lot of ways in our offense, the slot gives you some unique opportunities to do that. We've had a lot of things dialed up for him that just haven't, you know, we just hadn't quite hit on. We had a couple of play actions the other night that we protected well for several several other of the same protections. And the couple of times that we had Marvin dialed up, you know, he was open and we just didn't quite have it or we've missed a read or missed a throw or whatever. So Marvin's playing well, you know, listen, with receivers, it's always up and down. I mean, that's how it goes. You're going to have a game where the ball doesn't find you a whole lot and then all of a sudden it does. So Marvin's a tremendous player. And, you know, like a lot of our skill guys, we want to get the ball certainly in his hands. And then I also think a factor with all this, again, Sound like a broken record, but when you have eight or nine possessions a game, ain't nobody going to touch the ball very much. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. There's limited opportunities, and again, we have to be better at making the most of those. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Lincoln, you had a lot of recruits in town last Saturday. I wonder if them and their family asked you about the booing, about the chanting. Did you have to dress up throughout the weekend? And what, what would you say to any recruits who had issues with what happened? No, I don't think it came out much. I mean, I think our we have a passionate fan base. Um, and I think it's always important to remember, you know, for all of us, you know, 90% 90, 90 of the people in there are diehard Sooners and they're, you know, they're, they're just like us. They're going to fight and kind of be with us no matter what's happening. I don't think any fan, um, you know, any fan wants us to, if something's not going well, to just quit or, or, or stop. So we would hope the fans would take the same attitude. John Hoover. Uh, Lincoln, I want to ask about the wide receivers. Um, on a couple of interceptions, there's been some glitches that caused turnovers mm -hmm. uh, in the first four games. Um, you've got so many new guys into the program. Uh, guys who were in high school last year, guys who were at another school last year, guys who were playing a different position, such as Marvin last year. Mm -hmm. Is there a, maybe a need to simplify things for those guys in terms of communication so they don't run the wrong routes? Mm. Fewer uh, options for them? Let, I don't know if it's an RPO thing or just fewer options for them to make mistakes? No, no. I mean, that's the, some of the things that we busted are, are extremely, extremely simple things, uh, base concepts in our offense. and. We're not going to run anything on a, on a Saturday that we don't have full confidence that our guys know um, and have demonstrated that they can execute 
a, a lot of times. Um, if, if there's any hesitation, then it doesn't go in the game plan. Can you kind of elaborate on why those mistakes are happening? Why, why I mean, why does a guy miss a signal? I mean, why does a guy miss a wristband? It's playing college football. I mean, it's an imperfect game. I mean, it's the, certainly the more you can do it, better. And we've, we've had a lot of times, you know, even through the years where we have a bust or miscommunication and the ball just, you know, happens to not end up there and you, you skate by really just because you're lucky. We've had a few times where it just hasn't gone our way and we've kind of busted things at the wrong time. So we need to play clean our ball, but um, I'm fully capable that are fully uh, confident that our guys are, are capable and know what they're doing, and we've got to carry it over to the game field more. Cliff Brown. Uh, Coach, how do you counsel Spencer through what happened on Saturday? Not just Spencer, Caleb Williams, too, because he's in a very awkward situation after something like that. So, how do you counsel, counsel both of those guys through that? Yeah, I mean, I. The same way I would counsel somebody about going and playing on the road or playing at home when they cheer or playing at home when they boo or playing on the road when they boo. I mean, we just, we don't pay attention to that stuff. I mean, we just, if, if we, it's kind of like how we were after the Tulane game, all right? If we're going to worry about all these things outside that have nothing to do with football, then we're not listening to our message here. Our message is our expectations, okay? We are the only expectations and opinion that counts. Absolutely, we appreciate fans being in the stand and cheering. I'm definitely not saying that. But as far as playing the game, we answer to one standard, and that's our own. So whatever said in the heat of a game, that's irrelevant. And then I would say this regarding the quarterback position. Uh, if I've got guys in there that have thin skin or can't handle that, then i got the wrong guys in the room. And I, and I have the right guys in the room. It seems like you're not playing as up-tempo as, as you used to in the old days. Is that true? And uh, why is that? Is that personnel? Is that the way the game's developed? Is that a philosophy to protect the defense? What, what is it? And when you have gone up-tempo, have you played pretty well this, these four games? We've done okay with it. Um, some of it has been the ways that the, that the games have unfolded a little bit, uh, especially these last two. We've gotten, in, we've gotten into these you know, low possession games where you know, substan substantial clock has been chewed off of. And so as a, when you go play up tempo, again, it's a, you know, a double-edged sword. You, you know, defense has a, I think what it was, 15 or 17 play drive, and you want to come cram out up tempo. And if you happen to, to you know, go out quickly, all of a sudden they're right back out there. So. Um, you know, I think we're getting better at it. Uh, I think it's a weapon for us. It's not ever anything that we're, you know, going to do every single play. Um, and then I think, yeah, as far as kind of through the years and developing, I think it's based on yeah what you can do well offensively, and then just, you know, trying to have a feel for winning games. You know, and each one, I mean, you can't ever predict that. You know, they're going to have a whatever ten or eleven minute first drive. I mean, that's it doesn't happen very often in college football. We've had a couple of games like that and you've just got to be able to adjust and I guess again constantly through the game it's kind of a balance for me of you know one what's going to help our offense go well but most importantly looking at the whole team and what's going to give us the best chance to win this game and so um, it varies but it's something that we want to be good at and we want to continue to use. Lincoln this isn't the first time you've said I've got to coach better um, you, you, we're used to hearing that from you this is however unique in the fact that the offense is, is have an, an extended lull or a, not up to the standard that, that you're used to or fan base, whatever's used to. So I'm wondering if I could get you to specify in this case what you mean by I can coach better. No. Uh, you're not going to tell me you plays your role. No. No, that's not what I'm looking at. But what can specifically, how, how can you help the situation? Well, I think just learning our group, um, you know, what we do well, what we don't. You know, we're, we're, we're so we're so many different pieces offensively right now, probably as much turnover as I can remember. I mean, the only year I could really compare it to, honestly, is, is our first year when everything was kind of new to us. Um, you know, and you, you go against your defense every single day in practice. You get a feel for, you know, maybe what you are or, or you know, how you can, you know, be successful or have a chance to move the ball against your own defense. But then you get in the season and every challenge is new. Is, is new. And I think kind of learning about our guys and what they're like in game situations and, you know, best personnel groupings to play in. and. So I think constantly learning and educating myself and trying to put our guys in the best position. And again, I think it's, 
you know, individually as a coach, it's, it's continuing to reach your guys. You know, if you've got guys that are right there on the verge of busting through and playing well and you're seeing a lot of really good signs, you know, a lot of times as a coach, you can be one of the ones to help push them over the edge. And so I think there's some things overall with the group schematically I can do better. I think, you know, our mentality as a group is growing, but it's going to need to continue to grow. Um, I mean, honestly, it feels a lot like every season at this point. I, I, people on the outside may disagree, but it's – I've never felt like good or comfortable about where we're at four games into the season ever because you're just you're never that good early. Maybe other people are bad or who you play or I mean, it's again I, like I showed guys clips the other day of offenses that were historically good around here. I showed them the Tennessee game, like our first our, in 2015. I think our first 11 possessions, uh, we either turned the ball over or punted. All right, if we, that would happen the other night, we would have not scored one point. All right, and what did that offense become? I showed people the Army game, okay? We had eight possessions in that game. We had 21 points. It's one of the greatest offenses that's ever played in college football, okay? We've had a couple of unique games in a row. We're closer than what people think. I, and whether people on the outside believe it or not, that's up to them. But we watch the tape, and uh, I know what we have in that room, and we all have to do better, myself included. Saw a bunch of your players sort of voice their support for Spencer after the game. You know, the bullying obviously happened there, but what does it mean from a coach's perspective to see that support and how does that sort of speak to this team? I would expect it. I mean, our guys, we got a tight knit group. Our guys support each other, um, our guys care about each other. So, um, I appreciate seeing it. It's, it's, it's great that they support their teammates, but certainly not surprising. In the, league, in the last couple of years, Kansas State has defensed you guys fairly well. You go up against them. What do they do defensively? What do you see in them this year? And what are you running into? Yeah, no, they're they're a good group. You know, we've we've had we've been really kind of hot and cold against them the last few years. We've had some halves where we've played some really really good football, and and then we've had a, a, a lull against them really in the last two games. And, you know, I give them credit. They've played well against us. We haven't quite been able to put together a four-quarter game, uh, which we're going to need to do when we go up there. So, um, you know, they've changed a couple things around schematically, but, you know, still a lot of the same principles that you, that you always see. You know, they're good tacklers. Uh, they're physical up front. They do a really nice job in short yardage. Um, you know, and they, they, uh, they have some, some definite creativity defensively. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like no matter what scheme they're running, you kind of know what you're going to get out of Kansas State. This group's no different. Hmm. Lincoln, because of last year, it's been two, since 2019 since you've been in a road stadium at yeah. Fort yeah. Do you kind of work on that a little bit more this week, or, or do you just kind of have to – everybody's got to experience it? Yeah, no, good question. I mean, we've, we've really per, tried to prepare for that really all the way through spring and camp, knowing that – you know, just about half our roster, you know, it may, maybe, it may be half or close to half has never been in a full college road game. So, um, and we've tried to prepare our guys for that. Um, it'll be a big challenge. I, I, as you guys know me, I've always believed that playing on the road is so much about your mentality, your mindset going into it and handling the ebbs and flows. And uh, so something we've obviously taken a lot of pride in, we've enjoyed doing. Uh, we've been very successful at over the years and excited for this group to get their chance. Were they able, did, did they learn much last year about playing it other than just kind of flying an airplane? Or, I mean. Yeah, there's still parts of it. I mean, I think, you know, the silence when you do well, <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, there was the roars when the other team made plays is, are there. But, um, you know, there were still some good atmospheres last year. It was a good atmosphere up in Ames, even though it was limited people. Um, there were still plenty of good atmospheres. And so was it completely the same or the roars a little bit different? Sure, they were. Um, but I, I think the guys that did do it last year, they did, definitely got some of the experience and feel uh, of what it feels like. Um, but, you know, it's fun playing on the road, man. I've, I've missed going into to full road stadium. So I'm excited to be able to do it again. Hey, Lincoln, with all the hand-wringing attention, whatever you want to say about the offense, people not really talk much about your defense. And I think a lot of years, people might have been doing cartwheels over you know, 16 points against Nebraska, 13 points against West Virginia. Alex isn't exactly going to probably come to cartwheels for us. So I'm curious from your perspective, what have you liked about the defense? And what stood out to you just about where they are four games in? Yeah, I would say the thing that I've 
been the most impressed with with our defense has been our ability to, we've probably bended a little bit more than we want to, uh, but we haven't broken. And, uh, you know, we haven't had an extreme number of three and outs, not as many as we would expect or strive to have, but we have done a tremendous job uh, when people get a drive going about of being able to put a lid on it. And that is a, I think a, a lot about, you know, the mindset. Uh, again, I think our front having the ability to wear, wear on people as games and drives go on, especially with how we're able to rotate guys and keep guys fresh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, we're doing a lot of really, really good things. There's also, again, there's also our frustrations are there's still so much better, so much better that we can play. I mean, there, there's no question about it. And, and it's so, um, you know, we, we've got a high standard there. We've got a good, experienced, talented group. I mean, we do expect to play well. And, you know, in large part, we have played well. But I, I still feel very similar uh, with the whole football team that there's a lot more in the tank there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I think that's a. I think one of the big signs is, you know, you look at how many players in our defense right now have, have, have been around here for a while, and I mean, there's a lot of snaps and a lot of experience and a lot of depth, and and you bank on the fact that. These guys have been through a lot of wars. They've been on mostly the good side of it, but they've been on the tough side of it too. And uh, so we have, a, we do have a lot of experience, a lot of depth, a lot of talent. And then a lot of times that's that's when you need it. You know, maybe when somebody gets off to a fast start or they score the first possession or they get going on a drive, you got to summon it. And we've been able to do that uh, at a high level, and then we've been able to close games at a high level. Yeah, when Larry got hurt the other day, Keyshawn came in and played uh, some key snaps. How did he feel like he played? He played decent. You know, he played decent. He's getting, he's getting more confident uh, each week. Uh, he's had a couple of mental mistakes, but he's, able, he, he's, he's I think we're gaining more and more confidence uh, in him being able to adapt to our schemes. And uh, he's, a, he's a talented kid that's just going to get better and better. And every snap he gets in practice, every snap that he gets in the game makes him better. And you know, Coach Grinch and I have talked about this a little bit with him, is I think there's a tendency, because he was a transfer, came from another Power 5 school, you almost feel like he's at times a little bit older than what he is. I mean, he's still a puppy, and, and he's still new in our system, and he's still learning. So there's a lot of upside. He's had a good attitude throughout all of it. Um, and obviously, you know, we're going to need him, and I think he, he has improved. He's doing some really good things, and I think he'll continue to get better and better. Kenny only had five. Kenny only had five carries. I know you've mentioned two or three times just the the weird nature of how the possessions worked out. But can his patient running style be an asset while the offensive line tries to clean up those you know smaller things? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, Eric got going a little bit. We ended up riding Eric a little bit more. You know, when you have two backs, that's kind of the way it goes. Uh, and you know, we had games through the years again when we've had two backs for. One guy gets hot here, one guy kind of gets hot there. You end up staying with one. And, and so uh, his, his opportunities will come. He's a big part of our offense. Um, he knows that. Um, and no, absolutely, we want to we wanna get the ball in his hands. We want to get the ball in all these guys' hands. You know, and he's certainly one of them and, and a guy that can absolutely study us. Gabe Burbage is a bit of an enigma. We tried asking him after games before what goes through his mind when he's having a kick, and he says, I can't tell you. So from your perspective, just what do you see out of him on the sidelines leading up to a big moment like that? And in what ways is he different from previous kickers that you've had? Yeah, I think he's just messing with you guys a little bit, to be honest. Um, yeah, he, he got you guys drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, he's, uh, he's a fun guy. He does. I, he, he doesn't. He doesn't take life or ball or anything too seriously um, in a good way, you know, in a good way. He has fun with it. Um, he's got a good outlook on life. Um, what's he like in those big moments? Like, honestly, I don't really talk to him a whole lot. I mean, during the game, we've been through enough of these. You know, probably talked to him more a little bit early in his career. I know he's going to be ready to kick, uh, and he knows that I have a lot of confidence in him just about anywhere on the field in any situation. So, um I, I I know what we're gonna get out of him, and uh, so yeah, I don't I don't have to go put my arm around him. You know, he's he's uh, he knows that when we need him, 
that he, I know that he'll be ready, and he does too. From the back, Lee Benson. Coach, I know last week you, you mentioned at some point that Danny Stutzman might be get, getting closer to play. Where is he at right now? And also, I know uh, Dean was saying that you had mentioned that Delarian's injury may not be too serious. What is his status for the game? Yeah, Danny's really, really close. Uh, probably will end up being a game time decision. He's progressing very well, if not maybe even a little bit ahead of schedule, which he's a pretty tough cookie, so no no surprise there. Uh, DeLaren doing well. Yeah, doing well. Certainly not a serious injury. Hope to have him this week. If not, certainly expect him back soon. Mason Young. Lincoln, we saw Latrell force the, the fumble the other night. How important is his continued growth, especially with Woody out? Very important. Very important. He's developed. Um, He's developed well. He's play, he plays with confidence. He plays with a, a little bit of an edge and attitude out there, which you love to see from any player, especially a young player. Um, and he's, you know, he's definitely one of our, our more talented guys in the secondary. So I'm excited the way he's playing. He's got to continue to work. He's got to continue to improve. But he's, uh, he's off to a good start. And I think he's gaining confidence, and we're gaining confidence in him as we go. And uh, so very good to see. Skylar Thompson's out, has been out. There's some speculation he might be back. Will Howard got hurt last weekend. How do you prepare for Kansas State when you may have no idea what yeah. quarterback's going to do? Yeah, we've been in a few of those over the years. So um, they got a good room. You know, they've got some quality guys. We've been able to see a little bit of tape, obviously, on all three of the guys. Um, you know, they're all their skill sets are all a little different, but they're not just all drastically different. You know, and and so they're all have some athleticism to them, all can throw the ball well. So not that they don't favor some things with some guys. Of course, they have their, um, you know, every quarterback's going to have what he likes or every OC's going to have what he likes for this quarterback to do. But um, we've had more situations in the past, in my opinion, where the schemes would dramatically shift. And I don't know that, I'm not saying they won't shift some, but I don't know that it's going to be dramatic regardless of who's in there. I feel like their group is pretty, pretty bought in with what they're doing offensively. It's the only guy we haven't talked about is uh, Cody Jackson. What, what, what's the status? Yeah, uh, medical issue right now. Don't expect to have him this week. Barry? Yeah, Lincoln, um, you've had three really close games, went down to the last possession. You don't want to play games like that because they can go either way and eventually you'll fall off the cliff. But if you survive them, are they good for you? Do they sharpen your team? Do they help you for future tough games down the road? Is, is there a residual good effect to, to winning close games? Oh, yeah. There's always a good effect to winning, period. And I, I certainly understand your question, not challenging you there, but I, you know, I survive them versus go take them and win them. And I felt like we'd gone and take them and won them. So, um, you know, I think we're, yeah, I mean, it's great to be in all these different situations. You, you, can't, you can't simulate those. And I think some of the, the guts and toughness that our football team has showed early in the season is, is I think, a cause for a lot of our excitement as a staff and the team's excitement that if we can continue to improve and, and, and get to the level of play that we feel like we're capable of, you combine that with a toughness and a resiliency when you get in tough moments, typically that makes for a pretty good football team. So we'll see how it evolves. But I'm, uh, like I said it the other night, I, I told the team, I mean, listen, yeah, it's great if you go blow somebody out. Shoot, I want to play great on all three sides of the ball more than anybody. But as a coach, you appreciate those moments. And I, you know, people act like they worry or this or that. I mean, those are fun. I mean, I, yeah, I want to play better and score more points and hold them to less points and, and separate from people. Those are fun too. But like as a competitor, if you don't love those moments, man, where they're driving, you got to stop them. You get the ball on your own eight yard line and you got to go the length of the field. You got to hit a game winning field. Like that is the heck with what's happened the rest of the game. That, that's what you do it for. I mean, I, I, I loved every minute of it and uh, they've, they've been fun. And so I'm, I'm excited and, and been fun because our teams responded in such a positive way and I think embrace those moments and we need to continue to do that. You touched on this a little bit earlier, but what is it in particular, maybe one or two things about Kansas State in particular that makes them, has made them kind of a thorn in your side the last couple of years? You know, they're, they're just, they're always a, a tough out. I think you always know what you're going to get from them competitively. Um, you know, the games have kind of, kind of been different the last two years. You know, we were, 
Uh, obviously, last year we were beating up on them a little bit, and, and they had a great comeback and stayed in it. And we played really, really poorly, probably probably as poorly as we've played in any game I can remember around here um, there at the end um, and gave them a chance, and they took it. And so I, I would say just their team, I think that you feel like they do a good job of taking advantage of mistakes and taking advantage of when you're not at your best. And so, um, you know, I, for us, it goes back to us hitting our standard for four quarters, and we're going to have to play that way to go in in Manhattan. I mean, that's just we, – we know that about this program. It's kind of been the same no matter who's coaching them, who the players are. They've, they've, they've done a tremendous job of that for years and years and years. And Jenny? I mean, there's sort of a variation on the last two questions. A year ago, you lose a couple close games at the end. This year, you win a couple. Is there – I mean, I know this is a different team. Mm-hmm. You know, every year is different. But is there, are there noticeable things that you can point to and say, you know, is it more experience at quarterback? Is it more experience at deep on the deep? I don't yeah. know. Like, do, yeah. you, do you talk it up to any one or two things? I just think there's, you know, I think the reasons why, I think the mentality of this group is better early in the year. Um, the leadership, mentality, toughness of this group is in a better place. Um, and then I think it, you know, again, I – it. Everybody thought I was crazy when I sat up here last year after we were one and two and said, I think we can still have a hell of a year. And not one of you in here believe me, not one. And, and a lot of other people too, and that's fine, I get it. But when you see what we see behind the scenes, that's where it comes from. And I get we get to see that, and, and you guys don't, and, and, the, and the fans a lot of times don't. But I, you know, I, I think it's just you have to have a belief in what you're doing. And teams change so much throughout the year, and there's so many ebbs and flows in this game, and the margins are – I just don't think the average fan understands how thin the margins are between playing great and good and winning and losing. And so that's – I have a belief in – I've had a belief in the people we had in that locker room when we lost them, even though we obviously had some holes. I have a belief in the people right now that we, when we've won and we're 4-0 and all that, even though we obviously have areas we can get better. But I, I see potential, and I've just been a part of too many teams here have watched those teams just do this as the years went on. And I see nothing in this locker room right now that makes me think we can't do the same thing. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.